welcome back to Let's Talk Period, the podcast for people who want all things real, raw and reputable where we smash taboos and break down stigmas. I'm your host Isabella Gosling and today's episode is part two of Let's Talk Adenomyosis. But before I dive into all things Adeno again, I just want to hop on and quickly remind everyone all about our online textured paint and sip that's happening at the end of April. So the 30th of April, it's happening online Saturday at 4pm 30th and it is going to be such a fun afternoon. So the kit from Let's Painty gets sent to your door All of the things you need, as well as a Zoom link and a banger Spotify playlist are sent straight to you so you can hop on and paint and sip till your heart is content. And we are raising money for the Pelvic Pain Foundation of Australia and it's an Adenomyosis Awareness Month event. So if you want to do something fun while raising some money for a really good cause, all of the details to get your ticket are in the show notes, but you need to hurry. There are only seven tickets left, so get on it. Now on to today's episode. Alrighty, so I'm diving into some more of the listener questions that came through last week, all to do with adenomyosis just in time for Adeno Awareness Month. So one of the questions that came through was to do with if you can have surgery for endo, why can't you have surgery for adeno? And I think that's something that, you know, it it makes sense. Why can you have surgery to remove endometriosis lesions? Why can't you do the same for adenomyosis? And the key difference is, is that adenomyosis is within an organ. So endometriosis lesions are typically found on the outside of organs. So they're on top of organs. Whereas adenomyosis, it is growing from the endometrium into the muscle wall of the uterus. So that presents a challenge in itself because it can cause trauma to the uterus and um, we don't want to perforate or damage the uterus especially if you are wanting to conceive because then that really does limit your chances of um, holding a pregnancy and being able to carry to term and all of those sorts of things so not only can it damage the uterus it's also very difficult to actually identify where adenomyosis is because you can have two different types of adenomyosis so there can be focal adenomyosis and that is like those specific lesions and they're in specific spots throughout the uterus and they might be easier to excise or that you might have something called diffuse or diffuse adenomyosis and that's really hard to find because it's kind of spread out all throughout the uterus and you can't really remove that very easily at all because you don't actually know where to begin or where to cut it out and it's so spread out you can end up causing a lot of damage so currently it's not actually um, done regularly or if it is done it's done very rarely and in people who have focal adenomyosis only and that is sort of like a last 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 line therapy where nothing else is sort of working but um it's just due to the nature of the disease unfortunately until there's like better imaging techniques or you know things that are able to 
determine the location easier or things like that. However, um, trying to reduce the number of surgeries is a really good thing because surgery poses risk. And so if adenomyosis is able to be cured without a surgery, that would be, you know, an absolute dream. So hopefully with more research that we can move towards having more ways to cure the condition and potentially even down the line, there might be a way to remove it surgically um, with greater ease or, you know, there could even be ways to remove it and cure it without surgery at all. Okay, so the next question was all about adenomyosis and fertility or infertility. And again, another really common one. And I really wish there was more research into adenomyosis. And I think, you know, if we think there's a lack of research into endometriosis, the lack of research into adenomyosis is even, even less. So um, there is links coming out around fertility and adenomyosis and a relationship there however the studies are really small in sample size so it's really hard to get any good qualitative and quantitative data around what's going on however from the research that has been conducted there is a link between people who have adenomyosis and uh, infertility but it's not with every single person with adeno it's looking like it could be one third to 50 percent from the research so the issue is not with conceiving or falling pregnant it's then the issue that comes with implantation or holding that pregnancy so that's where the issue seems to be coming into play according to the research and the studies that have been coming out and this can be due to the trauma that adenomyosis has sort of caused to that muscle wall. It sort of impaired the quality of that wall to actually be really strong and hold that um, embryo in place while it needs to implant into that lining so it can stay put and um, become a fully fledged pregnancy and Um, deliver into a baby but that's not the case for everyone as I said so there is a lot of um, you know anecdotal evidence so lots of people who've just shared their stories personally as to how they've been able to fall pregnant naturally and they've been able to get past that implantation phase and the baby's been able to stay put um, and they've been able to deliver naturally um, without any uh, interventions or any assisted reproductive technology. So there's like a case for both sides. So just because you have adenomyosis doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be infertile. It's just one of those things where it is very individualized. So I do recommend chatting with your specialist and getting a plan together. Um, but just because you have adeno doesn't mean that, you know, it's all of a sudden you're not going to be able to have a baby if that's something that you really do want to do. There is um, research coming out from, it was a 2016 study around the use of IUDs and also GRNH um, antagonists. So things like Zolodex, which are hotly contested in the chronic illness, adeno and endo community for sure. But um, something like that or the IUD have been used um, prior, the prior six months to 
um, wanting to conceive or trying IVF and they have resulted in higher success rates of um, being able to conceive and hold that pregnancy to term or even early term labor. So there's a lot of newer research coming out around the use of that. However, I know um, marinas or IUDs and Zolodex and things like that do get a bad rap and they do have some side effects which can be really not ideal. So it is really important to chat with your healthcare provider, chat with your specialist and make that plan together. But these are just options because I know it's really good to be um, presented with all of the information so you can make that really informed decision. Uh, The next questions that came through was all about how do I manage adenomyosis? Like I've got a diagnosis and I really don't know what to do next. And so I think it is totally normal to not 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 know what to do next because it can be so overwhelming and you just are like oh my gosh I'm grappling with this new diagnosis and I just don't know what to do and so I think the first thing is to just be really gentle with yourself you've probably been through a lot to even get that diagnosis so you know take a step back give yourself a massive hug and just be really kind to yourself and then also I would look at maybe um, booking in to speak with a counsellor or a psychologist who specialises in chronic illness or chronic pain because having a condition like endo or adeno that is invisible, it can make it really hard to deal with. And so if you're sort of struggling and feeling overwhelmed um, and you're not really sure, you know, trying to manage those feelings, it can be really helpful to speak with someone who is a trained professional in the mental health space, if that's something you're feeling like you might need. Um, But also managing adeno in general, it just requires a multidisciplinary approach, just like endometriosis. So you need to find what works best for you. And unfortunately, that is different for everyone. So you might find that um, going and doing high intensity exercise really works for you whereas other people cannot do that at all they might really find that that flares them up or alternatively um, you know you might find that eating an anti-inflammatory diet might be really helpful and working with a nutritionist and a dietitian or a naturopath really beneficial so it really depends and you find what works for you and um what doesn't and you know that might change over time so at one point in your early phase of diagnosis you might need one healthcare professional and then you might be really confident and you don't need that person in your team anymore and they're not going to be sad if you don't need them anymore they're going to be so happy and over the moon that you know you've got this and they'll be cheering you along on the sidelines if they're a good healthcare provider so then That makes room for you to go and see somebody else because managing a chronic illness is very expensive. And so it's all about finding who works best for you and, you know, tag teaming them in at different points. And then I do also offer mentoring as well, if that's something that you want. Um, If you've just been diagnosed, you're feeling a bit, you know, confused as to what really you're wanting to do and things like that. Um, you know, you're not really sure what your goals are and things like that. I'm happy to chat with you, be your chronic illness BFF and like make a plan together 
and take some of that overwhelm out of it and, you know, really make your life beautiful and have a lot of like richness and quality to it because living with a chronic illness can be so hard and it can be really draining. And so bringing back some of that light and that fun and bringing that energy back so you're actually thriving and not just making it through and surviving every day so I'll pop the details for that in the show notes as well Um, that's an option too so that is all of the questions for today if you thought of something while listening to this episode that you'd like me to answer send me a dm on instagram at let's talk period au or you can send through an email to hello at let's talk i'm more than happy to chat and even if it doesn't make it into an episode i'm more than happy to chat through and discuss uh, with you and all that good stuff but if you did enjoy today's episode i'd love if you could share it with a friend or a family member or share that you're listening on stories It just really helps to find new people to listen to the podcast and grow the Let's Talk Period community, which is, you know, can be challenging at times when you're managing all the bits and bobs by yourself, as I do. Um, If you do really want to help out the show even more, though, I would love if you could leave a rating and a review on Apple or rate the pod if you listen on Spotify. If you're not already part of the Let's Talk Period community on Facebook, you need to join. It is the place where all the people with endo, adeno or PCOS hang out and you can get support, ask questions and just be around like-minded people who get what it's like to live with a chronic illness. So all the links to join are in the show notes or you can just search Let's Talk Period community. And if you haven't got your ticket yet, as I said at the top of the episode, get your ticket to the online paint and sip. There are seven tickets left and it is going to be such a fun afternoon. Other than that, I will be back in your ears on Wednesday with a brand new interview episode. Let's Talk Period is produced for educational purposes and the information, recommendations and topics talked about does not constitute medical advice or take into consideration your personal circumstances or medical history. 